joined now here on the flagship podcast by one of the all-time greats in Longhorn football history. In fact, he still holds the record for most blocked punts in a career with eight pro bowler for the Tennessee Titans and national champion on the 2005 Texas Longhorn football team, the one and only Michael Griffin. Griff, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hey man, I'm I'm happy to be alive. Okay. I mean, it's uh it's all good. And you know, I figured this would be a good time to bring on Michael Griffin because you know, Texas is in the off week. They've just had a couple of games where they had a lead, a double digit lead on Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and came up short. But there are good things going on with the Longhorns too. And I think it's important that we talk about those things, but give me your impressions right now of this Longhorn football team and maybe what's, you know, what you like about it and what you don't like or needs work. I think you're still trying to figure out what's the identity of this team. Um, I think the emotions, uh, when you look at them, how they play and things are going great, they're, you know, you see the emotions, they're excited. Um, they play with a chip on their shoulder. But when things start going wrong, when something is derailing them, it, it's, it, you could just see like there's, there's, and, and I said this on Longhorn Network is that who is, who's the, who's the leader of this team? Who, is the guy that you can count on who's the guy that's going to get this team riled up and when things start going left you know he gets it back on the right track who is that guy and you know people name people like oh it's Bijan. is this i'm like no 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 just because that person is the best player on the team or this guy's getting all the attention or whatever that doesn't mean he's the leader of the team you know that's you know, it, it's two totally different things. And um, I think right now with this team, I think they're still searching for an identity. They're still searching for a leader. And they're young. You know, a lot of guys on this team, especially right now, um, are, are getting their opportunity to shine. You know, I mean, you got some seniors and some veterans on this team, but they were never the man when it came to, you know, uh, uh, they were they were just never that the guy. Um, even though you got Jamison and Josh Thompson and and BJ Foster, we all know that that secondary. You kept looking for Caden Stearns. He was the focal point when it came to the secondary. Um, the linebacker crew, yes, you got Demarvion Overshawn, but you know you still realize that Osai was kind of listed as a defense end or a linebacker. You were still watching this team as if you was watching Osai. And so when you look at this team, you're still trying to figure out who's the identity, who's the guy that, that runs, who's is this defense, who's their leader on the offensive side of the ball. We all knew Sam was the guy. He was the leader. He was the man. And I think right now that's what you're still saying. Yeah, Casey's the starter, but Casey's still young. You know, he has, what, six games under his belt, five, six games under his belt. Um, BJ, uh, uh, Bijan, he still is young. He's a guy that's been on campus for not even a year and a half now. So 
you know, last year he got to get the start and we saw some great things. But again, you know, who's the leader of the offense? And I think that's where this team is still trying to search for an identity. And I think that's that's what they're lacking right now because you just really don't know who this team is because there's nobody when you look at this team, you're like, that's the guy, that's the leader, that's the – and I think that's what it is. We're still searching for who is, who this team is. Well, let's, let's do a, for instance, a for example. On that 2005 national championship team, I mean, there were so many alphas, so many dogs. Uh, as Vince Young said, USC doesn't have any idea how many guys we have who are gangsta. Who – you know who was the guy? Was it? Was it? I mean, I mean, you you could go back and 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 I'm sorry, this thing is doing all kinds of stuff. I don't know if you can still see me or not. I don't. Yeah. Care. You can you still see me? Oh yeah. Oh okay. I'm hold on. I'm sorry. A bunch of stuff just happened. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Beard, that beard's looking beautiful. I appreciate it, but my computer just just went. Okay, there we go. We back. Just went blank and a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. Um. But if you go back to that team, I would say that when you look on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, guys that got all the attention was definitely Vince Young. But when you look at that offensive line, a guy like Lyle Sinline, who was the center, you know, he he was the one that held that that um, offensive line in place, you know. And then you've seen he went on to the next level and had a great career. Even look at a guy like David Thomas, who – wasn't very vocal, but you saw how he worked every day in practice. So you kind of looked up to him. You respected him. On the defense side of the ball, you knew Michael Huff knew what he was going to do. Um, you look up in the front, Aaron Harris, despite the fact that, you know, he didn't have the luxurious career afterwards, but you knew that he was the leader when it came to that linebacker room. He was the guy. On that defensive line, you had a lot of guys. Tim Crowder might have been the guy, though. He, again, he didn't have all, you know, you, yes, you had um, a Rod Wright in these guys, but Tim Crowder was the guy that got these guys in check, you know, and he went on to to still, he's working with kids now. He still has that mentality, that, that alpha mentality. So, again, you had these guys that led by example. It wasn't the ones that was always in the glitz and the glamour and always on TV or, or doing the interviews, but these was the guys that in that locker room, in the weight room, on the practice field, even during the game, you knew that these guys were the guys that you could follow their lead and they were going to make a play. So I think right now, you look at this team right now, you're still searching for who is that guy. Yeah, because you you see the positive, right? You see them get the lead. You see them go up 28-7 against OU, play with fire, make make plays on you know, the third down sack from – DeMarvin Overshawn, and then he blocks the punt on the next play, and Casey Thompson becomes the first player in the history of the Red River shootout to throw for five touchdowns with no turnovers. And you and B. John Robinson is the number three rusher in the country. I mean, you see positivity. You know, fans lose their minds because they think they're going to win the game. They're up by double digits, and then – you know, Texas loses the game and fans want blood and everybody, you know, everybody's head on a plate, but you have to look at the, at the positives too, right? You look at the positives, but we know negatives always outweigh the positives, you know, 
all that's great. All that's great. But at the end of the day, the only thing you're going to remember about that game is Texas lost a 21-point lead. And they had an 18-point lead for majority of the third and fourth quarters. So despite the fact of the most pass, most touchdowns without a turnover, despite the fact of the the great, you know, job that Bijan and, and what he's accomplished and things of that nature, at the end of the day, you lost that game. And so it's almost hypothetically speaking, you know, uh, it, it it's equivalent to let me guess. Um, I remember Adrian Peterson his his freshman year. He rushed for two hundred yards, and our response was, "Well, y'all never scored. We kept y'all out the end zone. It was twelve to zero in that game." But no one really cares because you're still going to see that they won the game, and you're still looking at the fact that he rushed for two hundred yards. But for us, we're like, "You never scored." So it 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 you don't you're never gonna remember that he never scored. You just notice as a freshman, he came in this game and he rushed for 200 yards. And then that was kind of like the making of his career going forward. And like Mac Brown, you never recruited him or you recruited him, but you didn't give him a fair shot. How did you miss out on this great running back? And that was all great and dandy. But then the next two years, we beat him twice. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he ever got an end zone versus Texas. I gotta go back and look and take take a glance at it. But I, I don't I don't remember him ever scoring versus us. And he said he yeah. went to OU to win championships, and y'all won the national championship. Exactly. So I mean, nothing against them, but I'm just saying you just don't, despite the fact of all these heroic um, record breaking things in that nature. But at the end of the day, it's a team sport, and if you don't have that W in the win column. That that whole, you know, stats right. <laughs> don't matter. I mean, we have this conversation all the time, and it's After for losers, right? Well, it's we have the conversation. Is Sam? This Sam goes in, in the history books one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and do you put him with the Colt McCoy or the Vince Young? And what I said was, he never won a Big Twelve championship. So how do you put them there? Right. So now you say this past week, somebody say Casey is right there with the greats with his numbers and what he's doing and da da da. I say he hasn't won. He hasn't won a Red River. He hasn't won a Red River shootout. How are we putting these guys in places where other guys have done it? And and so that's where again it's a team sport and that's a team record. It doesn't matter what you did in the game. It all matters about wins and losses when it comes to playing this game. Michael, when you look at this team and you look at the playmakers, do you see the alphas coming? Like, I, I look at a guy like Byron Murphy, and I, I think every time I see him play, he gets pushed. And I'm thinking, man, you might need to play him more. You might need to go to a four-down I think I think right now going forward, I mean, you see that Texas is struggling versus the run. And I think a lot of coaches are starting to understand that. Let's just stay the course. If our game plan is to run the ball, let's just stay the course. Three yards, four yards, five yards, that's all we need just to keep driving the ball down the field, keeping Bijan off the field, and forcing the game in Casey Thompson's hands. And 
I think right now, I think the Texas the, the core D coordinator is trying to figure out what what personnel is going to work. He's always rotating guys in, and right now you're 100 right. I think if if you can't stop the run, you're going to have to put more meat up there. You're going to have to put bigger bodies up there because right now the three down linemen they kind of getting moved out the way, and the linebackers are not knowing how to feel you know appropriately. And then you got having to have your safeties involved in the run fits your nickel involved in the run fits. And right now it's just not working. So right now it's probably, you're going to have to go to the four down lineman, you know, maybe a, a four, a four, two or something. But instead of having those, those, that guy off the ball, you're going to have to put more guys up front because going forward, you got Baylor coming up. You still got Kansas state. You still got West Virginia. You still got Iowa state. Like it's on film. You can't stop the run. And with that being said, it, it it will be crazy for me to see any team that comes in that says we're we're we we're not going to try to run. We're going to try to throw, and and it makes no sense because if you look at what Gundy did last yesterday. He stayed the course. He never got away from running the ball, and and, and that should tell you something that he knew. Eventually, we're going to break one. And and that's just to me just tells you, even when you look at what Oklahoma did, they stayed the course. And I look at Arkansas, everybody that's won has stayed the course. They never tried to get away from anything. I think if TCU would have stayed the course with Evans, I think they would have probably had some success. I mean, he had a hundred and some yards rushing. He should have stayed the course, especially when Quentin Johnson got hurt. You should just stay the course. And I think we probably would be talking right now as a different team when it comes to being four and three. We may be messing around being three and four right now. Um, we'll take a quick break here on the flagship podcast with Michael Griffin. Michael, you know, you look at um, you mentioned what Texas has ahead. We didn't see I didn't see Baylor uh, playing the way that they're playing. Um, that's next up for the Longhorns. Um, you know, when you heard Steve Sarkeesian say after the game <clears throat> that we're going to use our off week to work on the mental state of this program, the psyche, and not hold on, not try to hold on to win games, but, but close, what did that mean to you? And, and how do you do that? For me, I think it's, we're at the point right now, if, if, if it's me, uh, we're at the point right now that the nice guy may have to go out the door. I mean, you know, it, it, it may not be what the people want to see, but at the end of the day, being nice guy is not working. Some of the things I've seen, it's the effort. I mean, it, I would tell him in his face, the, the effort that, you know, Jaron Thompson gave at the last play of the Oklahoma game, just uh, that effort alone, uh, B.J. Foster, getting blocked by stoops, like the effort. It, it's one of those things, I, and I tell my kids this all the time, I can coach effort, but I can't coach effort. And they're like, what does that mean? And I was like, it means if somebody's given 100% effort, and, and a great example would be Joseph Osai, very raw, raw player, very raw player. I even said some of his sacks came because 
he just gave 100% effort, and it came so late because the quarterback is just holding the ball. The Oklahoma State game last year on Halloween, I mean, you literally chased Sanders down all the way down to the other side of the field to get the sack. That's effort. You can coach that because he's giving effort. But I can't coach a player who has all the ability in the world to give effort. You gotta well, you have to want to do that yourself. No one can coach that. I can bring it to your attention that you're not giving no effort, but I can't coach. There's no drills, there's no nothing that I can do. And so when you're talking about the mental aspect of, you know, we're gonna focus on that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I really don't know what he can do unless you know what the biggest thing that he can possibly do is take away what these guys want most, and that's playing time. Yeah. And, and I think that's the biggest thing. Hey, listen, you can't get the job done. That means pretty much if I'm putting you in the right positions, because guys is in the right position. They're just not making the play. So the question is, can't make the you can't make the play. You don't want to make the play. That's fine. Let somebody else get an opportunity. And shake it up. That might be what you have to do is shake it up because right now there's like no consequences. I mean, if it was me, Jaron, listen, what you did right there, if I'm a player and we teammates, we got to have this conversation after the game because it's just no way. Like you literally, it's like you, you, (laughs) you sandbagging and you, you got some money on the game or something. I don't know what's going on, but I've never seen nothing like that in my life where somebody just, just like no effort. Like you just don't even try. And um, not to pick on him, but I mean, it's just a lot, just a lot of that going on. Like, hey, guys are just like, and it's almost like you look at this team and you say they don't have no depth and there's no consequences. Because I remember when we played at Texas, you mess up or something, you somebody rolling right in because you had somebody sitting on the bench waiting his opportunity. But right now I feel like you just got a team that there's there's no depth and so there's no consequences and so when you say we're working on the mental aspect i really don't know because i really don't know what he can really do when it comes to these teams because the team is who they are this this hand that he got dealt with this is them they are who they are so right now the mental aspect is more of sarkeesian you're going to have to figure out how to win ball games with what you have. I, I strongly believe you've seen enough. You saw spring ball, you saw a, a training camp or fall ball, and you saw, you know, the last seven, six, seven games, whatever it may be. You you see what you got. So right now you got to figure out what you got and you got to work it. And if that means handing Bijan the ball 50 times, that might be what it needs to be. If that means, Casey, you're playing terrible right now, Hudson, come on, let's see if you give us a spark. But, you know, whatever it is, you, you're you going to – if you want to mess with Psyche, that's what you're going to do. Take away what these guys want most, and that's playing time. Yeah, I mean, the – you know, I was talking to Brian Jones last week, um, the former linebacker at Texas who's on CBS, and he just – you know, he, he said, there's no physicality, you know, they're like, he said, I watch other games and you're like, Ooh, they're hitting, they're out yep. there. Hitting. 
And he said, I'm not seeing that when I'm watching Texas. And that, you know, obviously is a concern. If you go to a four, four down lineman, maybe it helps a little bit. If you, you know, put, you know, Alfred Collins out at the five technique, put Byron Murphy at the three technique, you know, Coburn or Sweat and Ojimo at the other end, you know, now you're, now you're able to set the edge and and help that back seven some on offense. Would you run Casey a little bit more by design? I know that's not something that Sark likes to do, but Casey's a pretty pretty good runner. I mean, the, the issue right now is the offensive line. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's obvious. Um, I think the rough part is just at what point do these guys realize that they are at, like I said, the mental aspect, the mental psyche, at what point do you realize that you're really like, you're an issue? Like, like at what point do you say, Hey, you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta fix like at what point? And again, it's like, there's no consequences. Cause it's like, what do you put in? What do you do? And I think that's where it is, it, it, it is bad. I mean, I, I you kind of like, you know what, <laughs> Sark, you inherit this, but you got paid for it. But it's like, dang, like, how does this team get to this? To this, I think right now this O line is 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 probably going down right now. It's probably one of the worst O lines in Texas history, and it's not too late to to get better, but. It's going to have to come from within. It's going to have to come from within the locker room, within, you know, Kirk Setter. It's going to have to come from within. It can't come from within. It can't be the coaches trying to it – it does not work that way. It To be a good team, it does not work with the co- – coaches put us in positions, they prepare us, but come Saturday – it's all on us. We're the ones that step inside that white line. And that's what they, like I said, it seems like they don't get it. You're watching the game. You're just trying to figure out, like, you know, do y'all care? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because I'm not in that locker room. So it's just, you just, it's just, all you can do is, is, is have an opinion. And I think that's what, it, it, it's just hard because you just really, like you said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. It's like, you you watch, you got a lead, and it's like y'all excited. And then when things start getting rough, you're just like, they got some, some somebody. But then Sark even said it. It's like everybody's looking around to see who's going to make a play. Right. Instead of just taking, hey, I'm going to make a play. Who do you like? Who do you like? Like even a young guy, who do you like? Give me a, a name or two on the defensive side. I think I, what I like about DeMarvion is he plays hard. I think there's still a lot to learn, but the way that he plays, he plays hard. And I think, you know, um, you could just see he loves the game of football. He loves it. Um, I think if other people would see that, the way he plays, the way he's all over the field, the way he's really artsy, where he does his little, you know, his, we call them straps, the thing he does it. You could just see he takes a lot of pride in playing the game of football. Like, literally, the way he dresses on the way to the games. I don't know if you've seen some of his pictures. Oh, yeah. But 
he he's from the small town of Harp and he's like embracing all of it. Like I'm gonna give it my all. And that's what you, you, you appreciate that. Cause that's a guy that I would love to go to war with any given day. Like I would try to have to match your intensity. He, he I think he's a guy that like elevates your game because you just see the way that he plays. And I think you saw that versus Oklahoma. And you've seen that each and every week. Even when he got hurt this last game, I mean, he sold out and threw his body into that hit. And it's like, you see this guy really loved, like, he takes he takes his game very serious. It's like he's going to work and he's trying to leave an impression on this game. So that's what I really like when it comes to the Texas defense. And then what about on offense? Um. Of course, Bijan is easy is easy to like, you know, what he does. Um, he's hum- very humble and everything. But a guy that, you know, I, I think is it's it's a guy that I've grown to appreciate his game is Marcus Washington. And the reason I say that is if you ever really just watch him, he blocks his tail off at the wide receiver position like literally blocks his tail off. And a lot of times, you don't. I've seen other receivers, I mean, they get pushed out. I know they're like 160 pounds soaking wet, if that. But the one thing I noticed about them is like, he gets in and it's like, if the ball is coming his direction, whether it's a bubbles screen or whatever it is, he's going to take care of his guy. Like he's going to do everything he has to do. But at the same time, Bijan is just somebody that's very, very special. Um, uh, it's unfortunate that things are not going in his favor when it comes to like the wins, but, um, he's just a guy that you just see he's quiet. He just plays, he plays hard. He, despite any excuses that he can make, he had never make an excuse. And, and that's what you grow to love. And he just continues to smile and, and just continues. He, he's a guy, you see why people love him and why, he will go down as one of the Texas greats when it's all said and done. What uh, What do you think of Casey Thompson? I think Casey. Um, I think Casey. Casey, as of right now, I would say he's inconsistent. You know, you know what his capabilities are. You see it, but he has to find a way when things are getting tough. He has to find a way. He has to figure that part out. And and I think that's what's holding him back because he has to figure it out. Um, and, and the doubt part is um, you look at TCU and it was like he couldn't figure it out. You look at OU and he figured it out, but he didn't have no help when it came from the defense. But then you come back versus Oklahoma State and you couldn't figure it out. So when you go for those games, you go Rice, TCU. I mean, you go Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You see what I mean? It's like, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. And so you're trying to fit. He's inconsistent. And I think that. But. When it comes to it, and best I've always seen from Hudson Card, you see he gives you the best opportunity to win ball games. But I think sometimes when he's getting a little 
you know, all when he's off, maybe say, listen, take a break. Of, you know, things are going well. Take a series off. Get your head clear. Hudson, go in. Maybe we hand the ball off three dang plays in a row. Something. But even when he got banged up, Casey came out one play and came back in. I would say, no, 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 Casey, relax. Relax. We still got a long game ahead of us. They was in the middle of the third quarter. We, we still got the lead. Relax. And I think he just he, – sometimes I think he just tries hard. He, 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 he goes from, you know, um, relying on the preparation and what he knows, and then he starts trying to do more than just, hey, you just need to manage the game or you got a good lead, play smart. But I think that's where when I say inconsistent is like rely rely on what you rely on when um your preparation. Don't start relying on the athleticism when you start trying to do too much. And I think that's where I see him at right now. And again, he's young. He's only played so many games, so it it comes. We remember Sam early in his career throw picks late at the game and stuff. Then all of a sudden, he's a guy that at the end of the day, you want him on your team because he's going to give you a shot. So he's still young. He, he just he has to start saying, listen, calm down. You know, somebody or he needs to talk to somebody that, hey, listen, when, I, when you start seeing me get erratic and doing crazy things, talk to me, you know. Give that's, me what, a- that's what I was going to ask you, Michael, because you're right. Casey's, what, six games in as a starter. Mm-hmm. And and he's number seven nationally in pass efficiency, which is, you know, you'll you'll take that. But obviously, the up and down nature six starts in. Bijan is in his first season, really first full season of starting. Mm-hmm. Xavier Worthy, true freshman. Jordan Whittington, for crying out loud, has missed a bunch of games because of injury. No one wants to hear that next year's the year. But do you see like seeds that can grow and and blossom, or do you see they got to start over, or or the players aren't even on campus yet? Um, if we're talking about the Big Twelve, I would say yeah, I can see that. If we're talking about the SEC, no, mentally they're not ready for that. They're not ready, I, I, and I say that to say because when they played Arkansas, I don't think they understood that what was at stake, what everybody was looking at, what it was, and I think they went into the OU game and everything. Because let's 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 keep let's, and I say this to say yes, it's the game of football. Things happen, but let's not act like the TCU game was a for sure like. Texas went there and just dominated them. Right. You know, let's not say with Texas Tech, you know, the starter didn't get knocked out quick, you know. Let's not say the TCU game, if it wasn't for TCU mishaps, Texas, let's, you know, and even when you go back to the Oklahoma game, let's just not act like Texas went out there and just dominated them. Well, they did while Spencer Rattler was in there, and then Caleb Williams, who you, you like VY all of a sudden. First, first, play, first play of the game, fluke, screen pass, touchdown. Come back. And Marcus Washington with the block that sprung the play. Yes. Next, next 
Three plays later, three and out, block punt, touchdown two plays later. 14 to zero with two minutes left in the game. Two minutes into the game, yeah. Two minutes into the game. So when we say you had a 21-point lead, you had a 14-point lead in two minutes. It's like, hey, guess what? Here you go, 14 points. Let's go. So that's what I'm saying. And when you say, are you ready? Because let's be honest, oh, you maybe now with Caleb, you know, they, they look a little bit better. But let's not say that OU or even Oklahoma State, because I think they're good teams because they find ways to win. But it also tells you that they have depth on their depth chart. But are they compatible to the Alabama? Kentucky been looking good lately for the last two years. Georgia. Georgia. I mean, we just saw what happened to Arkansas, and Arkansas ain't won nothing since. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's let's are we re- when you ask that question, it's like, where are they at? And you're like, well, Big 12, they're here. But in the SEC, Arkansas is looking like they are what they said they are when it comes to where they're going to finish in the SEC. So now the question is, how far off are they? Apparently, they're not even a top 25 team. So it's hard unless this offseason – you hit the transfer portal very hard, but you have so many holes. I was going to say, where would you hit the portal? O-line. O-line, yeah. O-line and D-line. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm ready to transfer and I'm decent, Texas is my first option. Because you see that offense, it's it's it, it can line O-line up. O-line and D-line can't get pass rush on defense, and offensive line can't block. Like it, it's it's it's. I mean, just turn the film on. You're just sitting there, like, what is going on? Like, they just let guy that Arkansas game really solidified everything. You just let guys just run straight. This hey, just go straight to the running back. Go straight to the quarterback. Just go. Like, there's no way. Like, I'm an offensive line. I'm supposed to block anything that comes through the line. It's one thing if I got the wrong block, but when I just don't block anybody. That's just bad. And, and so penalties. I mean, it's terrible. That's I've never seen wow. nothing. I hadn't even seen Little League. I watched my son's eighth grade team. They probably can't block, but at least they trying to trying to, but just allowing people just to run straight in. I don't, I told I don't even understand that to save my life. All right. So if you had to guess mm-hmm. what what Texas's final record ends up being four and three right now two and one in the big 12 that's the thing they can run the table but they just you they they showed that they could have ran the table and that's the thing it goes back to the site the psyche the question is can you finish so again if and it sucks now because you had an opportunity to control your destiny you controlled it for the last two weeks. Now you go to playing the 
the what if and you know hoping and praying and it just and that's why we talk about let's work on the psyche when he sark says that the question now is like last year when they lost uh i believe it was iowa state what did the team start doing people started oh i'm gonna opt out the rest of the season um like people stopped trying hard and the young guys started getting more opportunities and then you start saying okay well we got some depth for next year so that's the question now that you are at you're at your bye week and you just lost to oklahoma and oklahoma state and oklahoma state will have to literally lose what three games three games probably not gonna happen they've already beaten k-state and baylor and now you need Oklahoma to lose three games. And Caleb Williams doesn't look like he's going to lose. So now what is the mindset of the team? What is the mindset of the seniors? Josh Thompson, Jamison, B.J. Foster, DeMarvion Overshone, who just got hurt, Rockemeyer, Colburn. What is the mindset now? Now do you see where I'm going? Yeah. So how far is this team off? I don't know because a lot of times players follow leaders. And if you see all these guys have been the starters all year and now they're checking out, don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I know fans have had it. They're impatient. I would say I've seen enough of Sarkeesian to know he knows offensive football and let this guy recruit for a few years. You know, Texas fans got to be patient as much as it hurts. But it ain't, but we know that it's, this is the issue. And I, and I said this already, we can either go into the, the SEC being relevant in the next couple of years, if you allow that to happen, or we can go into the SEC changing coaches every so many years. And we'd be like a university of Tennessee where we still keep talking about Vince Young and the 2005 championship. Yeah. So you only get relevancy because of what happened in the past. Yeah. That, Michael, that's the way it can go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody puts their live the dream DVD on to remember what Texas football would have, you know, could what, what it was, what it could be maybe once again. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's like we talk about hitting recruiting, but what what do players look for? Wins. Right. right. So now Oklahoma State and Oklahoma look very appealing. Well, you still got Austin over Stillwater, right? Still got Austin over Norman. But when you're winning, when you're winning, you, you think you think Alabama look great? Right. You guys are going to the league, right? Hey, and going to the league. I'm okay with making a three three year stop if it's going to cost me, if it's going to give me millions that investment. I'm okay with it. How many players from your 05 team ended up in the NFL? Whole secondary, double digits. None of the linebackers. All the D line. So that's at least, at least three of the O line. If you count five five DBs and you count four of the not four, 
because you had you still oh, had, yeah jonathan scott no with the o-line oh five Johnson, you had you had Tony Hills, Tony Hills, Blaylock, five, uh, Sinline, Stutter. Who was the other one? Blaylock. No, Blaylock was a guard. Who was our other tackle? Oh, uh, let's see. Jay Scott. Jay Scott. Yeah. Jay Scott was the other one. Yep. All five went to the league. David Thomas went to the league. Uh, and Selvin. Jamal Selvin, Vince Young, Henry Milton is in the game. Brian Rack, but I'm just this is just the starters who all right. went. So we still got Jamal Charles, Ahmad Hall went to the league, played Ahmad Hall. Years. Yes, blocked for a two thousand yard rusher in two thousand and ten. So yeah, I mean you look at it, that whole team, and then you got guys like oh Billy Pittman went to the Chargers. Um. Uh, uh, Linus Steelers. Linus, we went to the Steelers. Uh, Nate Jones went to was it Cleveland or Cincinnati? Where'd he go? He played like two or three years. Still got Quan Cosby went to Cincinnati. Yep. Shipley was on I was on was injured, but played Cincinnati and went to. Jet. I mean, the T and these are guys. Rackpo, he was on the bench. Um. Roy Miller was on the bench. Brandon Foster, Roy Miller was was rotating in. Um, Frank Ocam. Frank Ocam was rotating in. You still had um, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, yeah, I mean, it was just you just name like it's like eighteen dudes. That team was full of players ready to go, and that knew how to win. But that literally. That was the two. That was the class. When you talk about recruiting, yeah, that two thousand. That was the class prior. That was our class, and then Brian Arakpo was the year after us. But then uh, Jamal Charles was the year after that, and that was how we. That's what we're talking about. That's recruiting. Not recruiting stars, but recruiting players. Like I, I, I look my whole defensive back room. You had like I was a running back coming out. My right. brother was a quarterback. Cedric Griffin was a wide receiver. Terrell Brown was a running back. Aaron Ross was a wide receiver and a corner. And Huff couldn't even bench one eighty five. But that was our room. When, but when it came to being athletes, going to Gregory Gym and going to go play open court, like it was a dunk contest. Like people used to come watch us just come play. And now you look at it like I seen some of the old videos they used to play last year with Tom Herman and them. And like these dudes can't even swing a baseball bat. Like Oof. what is going on? You see but that was, do that virtual Mike Tyson thing, man. That's what I'm saying. It was like athletes. It was different. It was so different. And now when I look at guys, I'm like, these guys are maxed out. Like you could put them in the right position, but you're just hoping and praying they can just make a play because they're maxed out. Like this. So when it comes to recruiting, it ain't going to be like, go after this guy. Who's the five star. It's going to be like, Hey, listen, 
this guy is a great athlete. He can ball. I don't know where we're going to put him at, but we're going to find him somewhere to get him on the field and watch him excel. Prime example, Trayvon Diggs right now for the Cowboys. Seven interceptions in six games. Who started as a wide receiver. I think it was a quarterback in high school. Wide receiver. And then turns around and Saban tells him, hey, you're going to go play DB. Play safety and get drafted as a corner. Seven picks later, touchdown tonight, win the game versus the Patriots in overtime. Was it a bad decision? Yeah. And so that's recruiting. Athletes that can just, hey, listen, great guy. Even my class, we had a guy, Eric Foreman, quarterback, 6'4", 235, started an outside linebacker. But he was a quarterback. Yeah, Malcolm Rodriguez for Oak State was a quarterback in high school. Now he's athlete. And again, sometimes quarterbacks are the smartest players because they understand. They and yeah, he what he did to Casey. I was like, ooh, he put the helmet in his chest, landed right on his chest. But yeah, it's just one of those things where they got to recruit. If you want to get there quick, next two years, you're gonna have to hit it right. You're gonna have to hit it hard and hit it right and be at least 85 to 90% right on every player you get. You, you're not going to be able to, you know, you, you, you look at the, the Caden Stearns class and you have the, the top three safeties and B.J. Foster is really not – look, Caden Stearns and B.J. Foster are on like two different levels. And then the Marvion, who was supposed to be a safety – you, in order to get, allow him to get on the field, you had to move him to another position, which was great for him to get on the field. But you can't miss. You're going to have to – the Owens, who you go get a track guy, you 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 can't miss on those guys. You, you can't. It can't be like he just can't play. Like, you can't miss. And, and I think that's where they're at right – well, in the past is you missed on a – Marcus Washington – was supposed to be this all-world wide receiver, and you're still trying to find that guy. Joshua Moore, he showed glimpses, but he's not being consistent, and that's what it is. You're going to have to find the Xavier Worthies that can come in right away and play. But it, it, if I have to say, hey, you're going to have to red shirt because I got all these guys that are <laughs> – listen, you got to wait your turn. But right now, the guys that you bring in now, are going to have to be ready to play right now, right away, right now. And I think when you say how quickly can they be ready, the guys you get got to be ready right now. Have to, literally. It don't matter how big they are. They just got to be ready to play some football, and that's it. Well, they got uh, two weeks to kind of get themselves together. Get DeMarvian back from that concussion. They're not going to get Jordan Whittington back until maybe the bowl game. Um, and they had a whole bunch of recruits in here uh, this mm. past weekend. And now they got to hope that uh, they they can see where Sark is trying to take this thing. Because I said coming into the year, just hope for a Mac Brown type of first year. Mm. You know, have a have a signature win somewhere his his was nebraska ricky was a heisman winner you know who knows with Bijan's can be tough 
but Ricky was a Heisman winner on a nine and three team and, and then see the building blocks and see if recruiting starts to stack. Cause Mac didn't win a conference championship until year eight. And mm. that was your national championship year. Yeah. And I don't know. Patience is not, it's not there anymore, but this program's got to learn how to win again and then make winning a habit because OU and Oak State have been winning. But, but to, Max, to, to Max defense, though, you still had guys going into the lead, though. Yep. You was putting them in. Yep. A every year you knew you had a shot. Every year. And, and I think that's where, you know, the, the, the losses in the past, if you go back to Herman, the TCU losses, um, you go back to the Iowa State losses, like those things right there, it can't happen. Right. It can't. Right. It Oklahoma really, State losses. And not to mention now, is because back then it was North and South. So you had to win the South to play the North to end the planet. Now you can lose to somebody and play them again. Right. So it's easier. Right. So, but you can't lose Oklahoma State. You can't lose two back-to-back -back losses. You can't go over to Baylor. It's just you can't do that. Yeah. And I think that's where – why. and then at the same time, you got you got to show that I'm, I'm, I'm making progress. And making progress is I got guys getting drafted and I'm bringing attention to the university. When it comes to draft night, when t people turn on the TV and they turn on the NFL – and they see players that went to the University of Texas, that's showing progress. But when you don't have those things, it, it's, again, it turns into, you know, University of Tennessee is like every couple of years, you it's a revolving door. Yeah. I can't even name one player right now to leave from the University of Tennessee. Wow. Yeah. That's a great point. Michael, you're the man. I love talking ball with you. You're one of my all-time favorites. I still say you're probably the Texas defensive player of the decade from the first uh, you know, 10 years, the 2000s. With everything that you did, despite all those other, you know, dudes, whatever, Rack. I love Rack, but my man Griff was the last line of defense and would knock you out. So him all the time. If it wasn't me, it wouldn't have been there. Exactly. <laughs> Nah, joke. How's okay? Well, how's the business is going? Your business is going good. Uh, actually, every everything we're blessed, man. It's, and it's all of us guys from that team. We all still stay in close contact. Uh, everybody's doing. Jamal Charles got inducted last year to the uh, Texas Ring of Honor, which is a blessing, and it's a great honor and great, great accomplishment for 2020. David Thomas got in there. Uh, Jordan Shipley got in there, where they all well deserving. Um, Again, you know, the, the thing is, is that you, you, despite everything that I said, you want to see these guys succeed. You want to see those guys right there where, where we all been. Because at the end of the day, if you, if you do three quarters of some of the things that we did, I promise you, you, you had an opportunity at the next level and life would be really easy. I mean, really, it's, it's. Yes, it's hard work, it's dedication, it's sacrifice, it's a mindset, but, you know, the reward is so much greater on the other end. You know, 
it's it's well why don't you call sark and get in there this off week and talk to some of these dudes man listen i go to practice and i talk records to him because i i told him like if it was me on some of these things that be going on if i was a coach i'd have lost my job because it, it's 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 a livelihood like these coaches you, you think about it i was telling rack about this the other day i said man after that OU game, I would have lost my job. Like, I would have grabbed a kid. Like, I really would have because I would have asked, are you – like, if none of y'all are going to do it, I'm about to show you a prime example of how y'all should take care of this. And it's – it's I get it. It's a game. But at the same time, it's a business. And And I tell my kids this all the time. Don't waste other people's time. Like, that's my biggest pet peeve is wasting other people's time. And I say that to say, when you say sarcastic, really say, let's work with the psyche and let's work on the effort and let's work. Like, that's BS. That is BS. You shouldn't have to work on that. It's a blip. Like, I just really got on the field for the first time and watch the UT club and everybody having a great time and watching the game. And I was like, if I played on that field, there's no telling what I would have did. Blocked a punt, I would have ran into the club, told somebody, hand me a drink or some popcorn. I would have acted a fool in that stadium. Like that is a blessing to be able to walk out there on that field and play in front of hundreds of thousands. I mean, literally, you're like the pro team of Austin, Texas. And it's like, I don't know if it's this new era, what it is, I don't know what it is, but right now it's just, that's the culture right now. That's the culture. And I think that's the main thing with Sark. You're gonna have to change that culture. Yeah. Everybody's complacent. Everybody's just comfortable. You're gonna have to shake that up. like. I get it. You know, he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Sark's a great guy. Like, very genuine. You love him. But it's almost like they love you too much that they take your kindness for weakness. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why I say it's like frustrating because it's like if I was a coach, like some of them things that is going on, it's like, yo, I get, you know, one mistake, two, but we constantly seeing this on film each and every day. Like, hey, I got to tell you the truth. I got to. Because that's how we used to play. Coaches tell us the truth. So we had to have thick skin. But I appreciate that. Because if you can't tell me the truth as my coach, how am I supposed to respect you if you can't be honest with me? And I think that's just, again, it's just, it's a lot. When it comes to this team, I think the coaches is trying to figure out these players. And the players is like, it's kind of like they're kids. So they're trying to figure out how far they how how much how much you gonna how much at least you gonna give me like how how much you gonna allow me to do it and I think right now it's time to like hey I gotta I gotta pull up on that leash that collar and get him in check like yo this is because literally you just moved to Austin probably bought a house family and everything is here and just like that things go wrong everybody want my head gone won't be fired now I gotta go find a new job I gotta move again got family kids and all that nah. It'd be a different ball game in that locker room. Yeah. Couldn't do it. 
Michael, appreciate you so much, man. Continued success. Be blessed. And thanks so much for joining us here on the Flagship Podcast. Always enjoy the conversation. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. For Michael Griffin, I am Chip Brown. Thanks so much for listening and watching in on the uh, Horns 24-7 YouTube channel, the Flagship Podcast. Until next time, stay safe and keep the faith.